Good morning, fellow students, and welcome back to another episode of Legacy Weapon, your guide to the Legacy format. He's Drew Walton. And he's Jamie Keller. And we are your guides here on uh, Legacy Weapon, helping you get into the Legacy format, get better at the decks, and have a lot of fun. Welcome to the new website. Welcome to the new RSS feed. Welcome to the new podcast home All of the extravaganza. It's, yes. It's bright and shiny here. It's, it's uh, great. Well, I'm glad you found us. Uh, we did give way too many repetitions of the instructions on the last episode but i'm glad you're all here <laughs> what was uh, that website again <laughs> i i don't i don't remember i don't remember i i, I uh, yeah. blocked out blo- painful memories uh so we we are here on the new site uh if you went to the website you've seen it if you are here through itunes or something else you should go to the website it's great you should i i designed it i didn't know what i was doing i think it's pretty but then again my family tells me I'm pretty, so just, we all love our babies. Right. Uh, it has some good features. It has comments. We already have more comments on this new website that doesn't have any original content yet than are all the other episodes put together. So what's the, what's obviously, the, you're a web design prodigy. Yes. What's the opposite of a humble brag? Because that actually means three is more than we've had in the entire last <laughs> year and a half. Uh Proud shame. I think that uh, prou- proud shame. Proud Has- shame. Hashtag yeah. proud shame. That's, that's uh, us. We do also have something that I'm really proud of that we threw on there, which is an event calendar that you all can add to. Uh, if you've got a local legacy event, or if you want to try to find a local legacy event, go check it out. It's, this is, yeah. We're very excited. This is I, very exciting. It's very cool. I, I will dork out about this for long, but we do not have time. We do not have no. time to talk about all that because we're supposed we to talk about elves today, right? Uh, we were. We were. We 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 could. We're not good at promises. No, we're terrible at promises. Uh, so two things. One, we do have a guest that we want to come talk about elves more with you, and and scheduling has been troubling. But even he more, in, he lives in Europe, and it's uh, yeah, it, elves yeah. and somebody in Germany. Anybody who plays Legacy Elves knows who I'm talking about already. Knows who you're talking about, yeah. Right, we'll, right. We'll, we'll see if it ever happens. Um, but also, Wizards decides they want to just keep throwing more legacy content at us day by day and we just don't know how to keep up we, there's so much topical things we, to talk about we were not we were not designed to be a topical podcast we were no. supposed to be recorded five months in advance mm-hmm. nothing was supposed to ever change in legacy i don't right. know what's happening it's it's a it's a brave new world out there hold yeah. hold me through the interwebs drew hold me um, oh, i felt yeah. i felt it okay okay good. so what what's what's new drew well uh the the new thing Today, well, not today, today, but recently, is that uh, Wizards has announced something on uh, MTG Online called the Legacy Gauntlet, and they have uh, announced that they're that they're going to put up this. Uh, they often do this with the the top decks at a at a, at a, a, a pro tour, but um, they're instead they're doing this because of Eternal Masters coming out. They're doing this with Legacy. Uh, there is no Legacy Pro Tour, so they're just picking sort of a sampling of decks that see a lot of play in, in Legacy. Um, they announced that there will be 13 decks. I counted, and there are 14. So um, hopefully, all of these actually make it on there, and they don't just—they didn't just axe one and then put it on the uh, on the list anyway, uh, because these are all good decks that I think they should put out there. But what, basically, what you do is you go into the uh, the Legacy Gauntlet, and Wizards will you, you, the 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 system the the computers will assign you a deck at random you'll be paired against somebody who will also be assigned a deck at random from the same list 
and you'll play each other in Legacy. And so you get to try out the Legacy format without having to buy all of the cards. Right. So it, on MGG it, it is phantom, meaning you don't keep the cards afterwards. Basically, they're lending right. you the deck to play the tournament. But this means that somebody who has never played Magic Online, it doesn't own a single Magic Online card. Or somebody who's never played Legacy and so doesn't own any Legacy cards. You can just jump in and be playing top-level Legacy you know, today, not today, today, but other todays. Uh, right. So it, w- this is this is great and a lot of fun. Uh, you do get randomly assigned, which is good in its own way. It keeps people from just metagaming and everybody playing the exact same deck because, yeah, if you... It, it's hard to metagame when there's 500 different decks out there. We've talked about it. People do it. There's ways to do it. If you know the 14 decks that everyone's going to have to choose from, I'm sure there's one of these that's probably going to be best. Um, off the top of my head, I'm actually not sure what it'll be, but making it random means you, you don't have to worry about it. You're going to get which one you get. True. And they are all designed to be relatively decent against each other, even to the extent that they've made a couple kind of questionable choices, but questionable because the stock list on some of these decks would have just hosed like half the other decks on the list. Right, or at least certain matchups would have been very one-sided. Yeah. Um, so yeah. uh, we think that that's really exciting, and we want to go through it. Um, it seems like every episode we say this is an advanced episode, sorry, but this is an advanced episode, sorry. We we do not have time to do a full hour, two hours deck tech on all 14 decks. But the thing- <laughs> This will be a 20,000-hour episode. Yes. I, call my work. Tell them I quit. Uh, I, I've got <laughs> podcasting to do. Um, so right. we, we want you to know about these decks. We want you to know if you get assigned one, how to play it. Uh, I think I saw that you get like three minutes of familiarizing yourself with the deck before you start playing with it or something. I'm not really sure how that works. Okay. I want you to know these decks before you click OK, so that whichever one you're assigned, you know. I want you to know the other decks. It, it is hard right. to know all the decks, the 500 different legacy decks, and that's why you're listening to this podcast, which we've done for many right. hours now. Um, it's not unreasonable for you to know all your matchups here, you know, to know all 13 decks. Right. 13 other decks, because counting is good. Uh, 14 decks. <laughs> so uh, we are going to go through speed round. Yay! Do we have our egg timer, Drew? We do, or a cell phone, or something like that. Anyway, a you device were, that will make noise. You were supposed to bring an egg timer. Yeah, well, I don't. Don't have you? An egg don't timer. you cook? Don't you need egg timers for cooking? Anyway, all right, we are going to give. F- f- not five, good. Uh, <laughs> Seventeen minutes on my internal body clock starts now. <laughs> now. So we are going to give five minutes on the clock for each deck. One of us talks about it, then trade off. Uh, this is a Spitfire quickest deck text we've ever done. Uh, we are not going to go through the lists. We are going to link to all of these lists. We're not going to name every single card. We're not going to read every single card. Um, because, again, 13 to 26 hours of deck text just for this is, is not something we can get through between now and when this loads. And we want you to know all of them. So, right. are we ready? We are okay, ready. We're, we're going to go straight down the list in the order that Wizards has presented them. And uh, I will start off with... Go! Miracles. First deck is Miracles. You all know the deck already. We've talked about it. If you have not caught our Miracles episode, this one we actually talked about for two hours. So yeah. go back to episode... Mumble, 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 mumble. Uh, <laughs> and then there's no dub in later actual name of it, title of episode number. At www.legacyweapon.com. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, this one is, it, it seems relatively standard to me. This does run the Terminus and the Entreat the Angels package, so it right. is a little bit more classic. They said they were looking at both paper and Magic Online decks for this, so it's not especially metagamed. It's supposed to kind of be a generic average representation. Like we said, most Ma- uh, Miracles decks are pretty much the same. I'm going to give the rest of my time over to either a musical interlude or the next <laughs> deck, uh, whichever Drew picks. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the next deck. Okay, restart the timer. Uh, restart the timer. All right. It's, it's, it's going. Okay. Uh, so the next deck is Shardless, Shardless Sultai, which, as you might imagine, is a Sultai deck. It's a sort of a mid-range deck that tries to grind its opponents out with a bunch of card advantage. Um, it plays, if you've played uh, against Jund in Modern, this is kind of the legacy version of Jund. People do play Jund in Legacy, but not not very much. It's really not very good. Um, it turns out Blue is really good in Legacy. Uh, you may have heard us say that a couple of times. So what we do is just swap out the best card in Modern, Lightning Bolt, for the best cards in Legacy, which are uh, Brainstorm and Force of Will. And really what this does, actually, as the Wizards, some, uh, they have a little blurb about each deck. What they said in here, I think, is actually pretty uh, a good description it's basically just a pile of the best cards in these colors in legacy so it's it's a whole pu- bunch of staples you've got death right shaman you've got tarmogoyf you've got force of will you had brainstorm it's just all the good stuff um the namesake card here is shardless agent which we've talked about um and it's just it it's the cascade mechanic lets you uh get an extra free card every time you play this guy so free card advantage built in and then all of your cards are just really good cards so you're just cascading into really good stuff and that's basically the idea of the deck just pile really good cards on top of more really good cards uh the one interaction here that's really uh unique to this deck is between shardless agent and ancestral vision ancestral vision uh we will talk about real quick that's a sorcery with suspend you can't cast it from your hand, what you can do instead is suspend it for one blue mana. It goes to exile with four counters on it, one counter comes off during each of your upkeeps, and then when the last one is removed, you cast it. And what it is, is it's, it's just ancestral recall. You draw three cards when it resolves, or well, target player draws three cards. Um, but the, the neat trick is when you cascade into this with Shardless Agent, which is random, you won't do it every time, but you will do it sometimes, you don't have to worry about the suspend thing you just draw three cards at once and that is it turns out drawing three cards like stapled for free to another reasonable spell is really good um and so that's part of how this deck uh that's part of how this deck gets all the card advantage and then it just tries to just bury you with counter spells and discard spells and then beat you to death with tarmogoyfs um and that's the deck i'm in under five minutes well, right. that, that, gives, that gives me time to add oh, one yeah. thing real quick. You said about how you might luck into having ancestral uh, visions uh, on top of your deck. You also have brainstorm, right. so you can just put it there. Ooh, That's yeah. better. You should Combo-rific. do that. Remember to yeah. do that. Do that. But but also, yeah. to, you also have Jace in this deck, so that's do that. Yeah, that's sort of the miracles trick, like yeah, putting stuff back. But and, e- yeah. even more than normal, yeah. since you're cascading, be careful about uh, shock, um, uh, fetch landing and shuffling your deck away if you actually wanted that thing on top. Be right. mindful. All right, yeah. uh, the, the buzzer didn't even go off. It, when when do wh- I didn't? I know we we stopped well inside when, of five minutes. When do I go? Go go, go, go now. Go now. 
Oh, now. now. Okay. Next is Storm. Storm is the boogeyman of the format because it is a turn one deck. It's not usually a turn one deck. Uh, this list they've got here runs a, a uh, win condition. The number one win condition is Tendrils of Agony. It's a Storm card. For every card you've cast that turn, you copy it, and it drains your opponent for two life. If you have cast nine spells this turn, same turn, same person, you... Well, total. Not a, anybody, anybody. Anybody, actually. Uh, then this will drain them for 20. So that's the way you win. The way you cast a lot of spells in the same turn are having a lot of cheap spells, a lot of spells that draw more cards so that you can cast more cards, and a lot of cards that make more mana. You've got Dark Ritual, you've got Cabal Ritual. Both of those add in black, spit out extra black. It runs Lotus Petals as four of, as zero mana card, which you probably don't want to play in turn one. You probably want to hold on to it and cast it on the turn you're going to try to go off, so that not only does it give you mana, it also adds to your storm count. So you probably want to hold that in hand. It runs Lion's Eye Diamond, the fixed version of Black Lotus. It's Black Lotus, (laughs) except when you sacrifice it to get the three mana, you have to discard your hand before you get the three mana. So you can't use it to cast any spells. But you don't really need to, because there is a trick for that, beyond the fact that you sometimes want stuff in your graveyard, beyond the fact that you might have tried to empty your hand already, despite the fact that you might just cast three of these, and then, you know, it's not so bad to discard your hand if you're getting nine mana out of it. Uh, There is a card called Infernal Tutor. Here's a weird interaction I want to point out. Infernal Tutor has a ability of tutoring up, fetching from your library, a card that you already have in your hand. So you show some card in your hand, you can go get another copy of it. That's useful. Uh, heck, I've seen people with two Infernal Tutors fetch up another Infernal Tutor just to up their storm count. But if you have no cards in hand, you get to fetch whatever card you want. So the trick here is if you have two black mana, you cast this. And while it's on the stack, now activate Lion's Eye Diamond. Discard your hand to Lion's Eye Diamond. Now your hand's empty. Now this resolves and your hand is empty. So now you get to tutor up whatever you want and you got the three mana out of it. And now you can cast the thing because you already did the discarding. So now you have stuff in your hand, you have mana. It's great. Uh, Tentacles of Agony, as I said, is your win condition. You have uh, a card called Ad Nauseum, which will sort of let you pay life uh, to draw cards. So you will just try to keep drawing through your deck. You have a card called Past in Flames, which is wonderful for getting up storm count, for drawing lots of cards. It gives everything in your graveyard flashback. Uh, Also, in case something important gets countered, you can get it back that way. Also, it has flashback. So even if it's in your graveyard, you can cast it from flashback to then get more storm count and then recast your uh, tutors and recast your rituals and do it again and again. And you get up and you win. Um, The lands are the basic packages you might think of. Duels, fetches, and basics. Um, I'm trying to think of... Oh, uh, Empty the Warrens is in the sideboard, but that is another Storm card. If your opponent has something to, say, make themselves not be targetable, then Empty the Warrens is a, another Storm card that can win. That one puts Goblin Tokens on the field for all, for what your Storm count is. So you can just flood the board with maybe 20-plus damage in Goblin Tokens. Attacking for 20 works pretty well, especially when it's on 20 separate little bodies. Uh, this deck is really good. It has Disruption. It has Duress, actually, is what this one has uh, main to, to disrupt your opponent. It still runs the... Uh, 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 d- sorry. It runs Ponder. It runs Preordain. It is digging fast. It is getting to its combo pieces. It is combo. It is the best combo, but it's got so many redundancies in it that you do not need a specific thing for it. You just need something that'll dig you to the next part. One 
big and difficult thing to sometimes know how to use is Cabal Therapy, because that one you have to guess what's in your opponent's hand. But this one has Gataxian Probe, so you don't have to guess. You can just look at what's in their hand, and if they've, say, got two Force of Wills, so making them discard one won't save you, eh, just name it on on a Cabal Therapy, and then they have to discard both of them. Um, see, this one actually has a Sensized Divining Top, which is also wonderful. That can up your Storm Count as well, just because you can recast it. Uh, where am I at on time? Oh, Xanthid Swarm. Xanthid Swarm is an amazing creature in your sideboard. It is a creature, which you do not have any creatures in your main board, so you can sacrifice it, Cabal Therapy, uh, to use it twice. That's not what it's there for. It is there, though, to make all your spells uncounterable. If you're playing a deck, which you think is going to counter all your spells, especially if it has Fluster Storm, which basically says, screw over anybody playing Storm. <laughs> you bring in Xanthid Swarm, Attack with it. It's zero power. You just attack with it so that you get the attack trigger of... Can't be countered! And then you throw out your spells in the second main phase. All right. And yes, that's Storm. All right. Um, yeah, Xanthid Swarm is actually the only creature in that whole deck. Um, main or side. If you don't count any of the Warren's tokens. it's This is a really all-in combo deck. There is no way to win except with those Storm spells. Um, but anyway, right. Uh, moving on to the next deck timer going the next deck is sneak and show uh so this is a this is a combo deck it's blue and red the uh the key cards here um the the namesake is uh show and tell which is a sorcery a, a blue and two colors uh each player chooses artifact creature enchantment or land card in in his or her hand puts that permanent into play so what happens the spell goes in the stack when it resolves each player chooses a card um you don't and then you reveal them simultaneously, and then those permanents get put onto the battlefield. Uh, then the other half of the uh, sneak and show is sneak attack, which is an enchantment for four mana. It's red, and it has an ability uh, for one red mana. You choose a creature card from your hand and put that creature onto the battlefield. And that creature gains haste until end of turn, and at the end of the turn, you sacrifice the creature. So basically what these are, are sometimes what you'll actually do is cast show and tell to put sneak attack on the battlefield but but either way these are just ways to cheat out really big creatures the creatures we have there are uh, four copies each of Grizzlebrand and Emrakul the Eons Torn I think we've talked about Emrakul uh, Grizzlebrand is a he's, it costs eight he's uh, four black mana I, I'm, I guess there are four lotus petals in this deck so it's actually technically possible to cast Grizzlebrand but you're never going to cast Grizzlebrand the only way he's getting out of the battlefield is with show and tell or sneak attack uh, he's a 7-7 flying with lifelink and this crazy activated ability, pay 7 life, draw 7 cards. So the idea, basically, if you manage to attack with Emrakul, uh, the game is almost always immediately over. If you would manage to attack with Grizzlebrand, uh, you will gain 7 life, which probably means that any sort of aggro deck is now probably going to not be able to kill you anytime soon. Plus you could reload, uh, alternatively, you could reload your hand, uh, which means that you're able to combo again the next turn, drop Emrakul, and really end the game. Um, and with Show and Tell, unlike with Sneak Attack, they they stick around. So if you manage to Show and Tell out Grizzlebrand, uh, your opponent pretty much has to figure out some way to remove him. And you can draw, you can pay seven life, draw seven cards, and there are Force of Wills in this deck and Spell Pierces. Um, this is a combo deck like, like Storm, but it's not all in on the combo as much as Storm. Um, Storm does have the duresses and some Goal Therapies, but really... Mostly, Storm is just trying to combo off. To the extent that it can interact, it's mostly trying to get rid of opposing force of wills and things so that its combo can go through. Um, with 
I mean, uh, Sneak and Show will use its uh, Force of Wills to protect its combo too, but uh, you can also use it to stop somebody else from comboing um, or to protect your your Grizzlebrand or your Emrakul once it's on the battlefield. Um, this version is also running a Jace the Mind Sculptor, which I don't know if that's that's that that they do that sometimes, but that's another alternate win condition that you have. Um, then the rest of the deck is largely uh, cantrips. Uh, so you've got Ponders, Preordains, Gataxian Probes, Brainstorms. There are some Lotus Petals and some Ancient Tombs and City of Traders in order to ramp up the mana. And the rest of the mana base is pretty much um, fetches, duels, and uh, basics. The, the sideboard consists of uh, more Counterspells and uh, Blood Moon because you're in blue and red and a lot of blue and red decks like to run Blood Moon because that's a, that's a safe way to deal with a lot of, of problem matchups. Um, plus through the breach, which is a sorcery that sees some, uh, modern play. It costs, uh, four, uh, I'm sorry, it costs five, actually, and it's an instant. Um, anyway, looking at cards is important. Uh, and what through the breach does is it just puts a, uh, it basically is, it's like a sneak attack activation. Uh, you put a creature on your, onto the battlefield, it gains haste and you sacrifice at the end of the turn. So this is a way, um, for after sideboarding when the deck needs to have a few more ways to cheat out creatures because uh, opponents may have gone um, heavier on counterspells. Um, you you need some more ways to to fight through all of that. Uh, you have some red elemental blasts, which turn out to be just good cards, and pyroclasm, which is good at dealing with um, a bunch of the uh, the weenies in the format, you know, uh, decks with lots of small creatures like elves, for example. Um, yeah, I've got 20 seconds left. Anything you want to add? Yes, uh, Grizzlebrand is not so much a way to gain life to get out of the range of attacking guys, though that is a bonus. Usually he reads, gain, draw 14 cards. If you slap That's him on the true, field, yeah. you're going to probably just draw 14 cards, go down to six, but now have 14 counter spells and draw spells and th- another combo in your hand to re-blow out the next time. If he attacks, because he has haste off of Sneak and Show, well, you just gain seven, which is drawing more sevens. Seven, 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 seven. Seven, seven, seven. What I'll say, I think that does actually differ if you're playing against a Delver or a Burn deck and you can just stick Grizzlebrand on the battlefield, you've just won the game because there's no way that they can race him and there's no point in spending life to draw cards because the only way they can kill you is by just running your life total down and except you don't need to counter Except that paying your life to draw cards is how he protects himself since he will always, almost always, draw you into counterspells. True. And... And even if he can't draw into a counterspell, he probably draws into another show and tell and another grizzle brand. So you can just do it all over again. Do it or, again. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. Right. All right. Anyway, next, uh, next deck. Start the Go timer. Ahead. We have reanimator. This has been a classic since the very early days of magic itself. Get a good big creature, put it in your graveyard, get a creature from your graveyard into play. It's much cheaper than playing it from your hand because graveyards are awesome. Ask Liliana. She knows these things. Uh, so <laughs> the, the, this, is, this is another combo deck. There are three parts to the combo that you can have in various places between your hand, graveyard, and library. You need something to put your creatures into your graveyard. The absolute best thing to do this for is Entomb. Uh, uh, Entomb, which is in Eternal Masters. Yay. One mana, instant speed for some reason, and... <laughs> Pick a card, put it in your graveyard from your library. Sounds terrible until you realize that that's part of the combo and it can get anything you want. So now you have a big, wonderful, beautiful thing in your graveyard. Now, cast something to put it onto the battlefield. There's something called Reanimate, which is uh, a one mana. 
way to bring him back from the battlefield. You lose life, but you don't really care. There is Exhum, which is two mana reanimating. Your opponent gets reanimate also, but you don't really care about that, because what you're bringing back is better than what they're bringing back. What you're bringing back is probably Grizzlebrand, because, again, yep. draw 14 cards gets you another combo. Any combo deck wants to draw 14 cards. Discard hand size, <laughs> that's fine. I just sculpted the perfect 7 so that I have removal and counter spells and two more combos to just go off again next time. All this is re- also, this is reanimator, and discarding is... Not oh, oops, I had to discard... Oh, okay, well, I guess I now don't need all of my uh, Entombs anymore since I just discarded all the fatties. I don't have to put them any, anywhere else. Um, you also have Careful Study, which if you're in Modern and in... Uh, well, I guess not anywhere near Standard. Modern, it, it's a sort of like um, Faithless Looting, except it's in blue. Draw two cards, discard two cards, which when discarding is a bonus, this might as well just read draw three cards because the discard's good and you're drawing two. So, you know, Ancestral... Recall in Legacy. It sounds good to me. Um, the way the things you're bringing back are exciting. As we said, Grizzlebrand. You also have Elish Norn Grand Cenobite. Uh, you know that Elves deck we talked about? You know that Maverick deck <laughs> oh, we man. talked about? You know all those creatures that have one or two toughness? How about if not only do they die, but they die so fast that they barely even hit the battlefield, so they can't do anything because they just cease to exist? Uh, it is amazingly good boosting your team is irrelevant because you probably don't have a team you probably just have elish norn but in the decks where you want her she will just wreck your opponent and when she's not the one to wreck your opponent if you're playing storm and they don't have their creatures in you pick something else you can get iona shield of emiria which says i'm a big old angel name a card color that card can't be played by your opponent Oh, your storm? Well, how about you just don't get to play black cards anymore? Have fun trying to win without black cards. That's that's going to be awesome for you, I'm sure. Uh, again, also, uh, the importance of knowing your opponent's deck. I have heard uh, from friends where they their opponent, uh, they, they played turn one, uh, you know, Bayou, Deathrite Shaman. Their opponent slapped Amiria down, on, or Iona down, turn one, and it said, Black! Then he said, I'm playing elves. That's okay. And then they just proceeded to win. So you you want it's great to get that turn one, but it's even better if you know for sure what your opponent's doing. So uh, be very mindful of that. You have subpar options, but still really, really good options. Uh, part of the reason why these are in here is because they're not legendary. As we said, Caracas bounces legendary permanents. Mm-hmm. Grizzlebrand, Elish Norn, and Iona are all legends. We want some non-legendary options in case we're seeing a Caracas. Uh, which, is Caracas in any of these decks? Do we have to worry about that? It is. It is. It is. Okay, good. Well, it should be. I mean, it, it belongs there. Yeah, it's uh, a staple. Yeah. Oh, I lost, I lost my spot. Okay. Um, we have Grave Titan. Grave Titan, which is shockingly good enough for Legacy. Uh, it, was, um, it was too yeah. good for Standard, unplayable in Modern, and playable in Legacy. Go figure. Um, so it, it's a big old zombie, and he spits out other zombies that literally fall out of his chest as he walks around, which is just great artwork and imagery. We also have uh, Inkwell Leviathan, who is kind of the biggest you-can't-stop-me-ever guy that you've ever seen, because he has Shroud, so you can't count, touch him. No one can touch him. You, you just can't be targeted by anything. He also has Trample and Island Walk, just because reasons. Uh, <laughs> people play blue, so now, beyond the fact that he will trample over your elves, you also just can't block him if you also have an island for some reason. Uh, in your sideboard, <laughs> in your you, are, 
in your elf deck, your islands in your elf deck. People have tried it. I'm aware it's of these true, things. It's true, they have. It's, it's true. Uh, uh, one other option of... Oh, oh, there's other cool uh, things in the sideboard that kill stuff and that discard stuff and another big fatty who's unplayable in any other format called Tide Spot Tyrant. Yep. Oh, yeah, Tide Spot Tyrant. Great stuff. Um, all right, moving on to the next deck. This is Lands... I have no idea how I'm going to get through this deck in uh, five minutes, but so this is a um, this is a control deck. It's mostly uh, green and red, but really what it is is mostly lands. Literally 35 cards in this list are lands. Um, the 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 engine that makes this go is Life from the Loam. I think we've talked about has dredge and it brings back three land cards from your graveyard to your hand, and then there's some ways to abuse that. So there's Gamble, which is being reprinted in Eternal Masters. It's a sorcery for one red. You search your library for a card, put that into your hand, and then discard a card at random. This is a super goofy and hilarious, weird card. It doesn't really seem like it would be very good, um, but what it, ends up, what it ends up doing is uh, you can gamble for life from the loam, and it doesn't matter if you put it in the graveyard, you can just dredge it back. Or you can gamble for a land... And then you'll just get it back with Life from the Loam. Um, super fun stuff. Uh, there are four copies of Mox Diamond, which is an artifact for zero. It taps for a mana of any color. The, the so-called drawback is that uh, when it enters the battlefield, you have to discard a land card. And it's written so that it isn't just a lotus petal if you don't do that. But um, So you have to discard a land card, but whatever. This deck is 35 lands. You have piles and piles of lands. So this is usually just an extra mana on turn one. It's really, I mean, it's really just usually a mox like the banned ones. Um, there's also exploration, which is enchantment for one green. It says you can play an additional land on each of your turns. So, I mean, basically what this is going to do, you're going to have lots of extra lands. These, these effects aren't really that eff- the powerful in a lot of other decks because you just run out of lands in your hand. You can't keep playing lands, even though it's accelerating you, you just don't have enough lands. Having 35 lands, means you will have plenty. Having life from the loam means you will have more than you can possibly use. The most ridiculous example of this effect is Mana Bond, which is another one-mana enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, you may reveal your hand and put all land cards from it onto the battlefield. And if you do, you discard the rest of your hand. Well, likely a lot of your your hand was lands anyway, so you just put them on the battlefield, and the ones you can get back you 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 discard life from the loam. Well, who cares? That's fine. You dredge it back next turn. You get even more lands, and you just keep doing this over and over and over again. And you have, you know, seven, eight, nine lands on the battlefield by the third turn. Um, so, you know, what are you doing with all of these lands? Well, there's there's four copies each of Thespian Stage and Dark Depths. That's the primary win condition. Uh, is just getting those. Sometimes you gamble for them. Sometimes you uh, you dredge into them with life from the loam. Sometimes you just draw into them. And that usually wins the game pretty quickly, as we talked about before. Um, the other thing is there's crop rotation, which is a one mana instant. It says sacrifice a land, and then search your library for a land card. Put that card on that uh, card on the battlefield. Well, that's another great way to get rid of your excess lands that you're drawing and just turn them into Thespian Sage or Dark Depths. Um, you also have a pile of control elements. Uh, there's, there are four copies of Wasteland, four copies of Rashad and Port, which is a land that taps down other people's lands, so you can tap down their lands on their upkeep. Uh, it costs a mana to do that, but again, you probably have so many lands, you don't mind tapping two of your lands to tap one of your opponents. Um, there's Grove of the Burn Willows, which can tap for a colorless mana, or it can tap for a red or a green, and if you do that, each opponent gains one life. 
That sounds terrible, except that there's a card called Punishing Fire, which is an instant for two mana. It deals two damage to a creature or player, and whenever an opponent gains life, you may pay a red mana, and if you do, return Punishing Fire from your graveyard to your hand. So if you have Grover the Burn Willows and Punishing Fire, again, you can gamble for this because it'll go to your graveyard, and that's fine. You can get it back with with Grover the Burn Willows, and you just keep recurring it, and you can kill Deathrite Shamans, you can kill Stoneforge Mystics, you can kill lots of lots of little creatures. Uh with this, and it's a it's a great way to keep creature decks under control. It's also a way you net one damage every time you do this. Sometimes if you get multiple groves, you can punishing fire for three or four damage at a time, and even if they've managed somehow to keep you off of killing them with Merit Lage, uh, you can sometimes punishing fire them to death very slowly. Um, there's also Maze of Ith, which removes a effectively removes an attacker from combat. Glacial Chasm, which has an awful lot of really terrible text on it that you don't care about because you can just sacrifice it in order to avoid all of these drawbacks and then recur it with life from the loam and what it does is it says that uh, you prevent all damage that would be dealt to you which is a great way to keep yourself alive there's taber- the tabernacle at Pendril Vale which is a land without a mana ability it's a legendary land from legends and it is maybe the single most expensive card in legacy uh, it's a it says uh, all creatures now require an upkeep cost of well, um, what it actually says is all creatures have an ability that says at the beginning of your upkeep, uh, pay one, destroy this creature unless you pay one generic mana. Hey, Drew. Yeah. Drew. Yeah. Your timer went off. I know, I know, I know. Hey, hey, hey Drew. Yeah. What happened to not reading every card in a deck? I, I don't know. I got, I got hey, carried away. Hey, Drew. Yeah. It's my turn. It's your turn. Death and taxes. Death and taxes. Okay. Death and Taxes, which is the mono-white control deck. It is also one of the best budget decks. Uh, I'd say it's in the top two of best budget decks um, in the entire format. Uh, it has been almost entirely reprinted in uh, Eternal Masters. Almost. With the no- with the notable notable exception of Rashad and Port. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, I'm very sorry. What sad. are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, we all are. I know. So this has just a lot of white weenies that hate your opponent to death, and they just hate it so hard. Yes. They need to hate differently. Uh, it has a lot of the good highlights out of Maverick. Maverick is basically one part death and taxes. You've got the Wastelands. You've got the Rashad and Ports. You are keeping your opponent off. That's the taxes part. Uh, it's got the inevitability, because once your opponent can't play spells, because you're Wastelanding and Rashad and Porting them, you are sneaking in little 1-1 creatures. You're doing this by casting them, and also by Aether Vial. Aether Vial on 1 will put a lot of stuff into play. Aether Vial on 2 will put a lot more stuff into play. You have Mother of Runes to just protect everything else. You have Thalia to say, hey opponent, you don't get to win, especially if you're playing Storm. Ha ha ha, Storm. Storm, Storm, Storm. Yes. I, I'm not a big Storm fan, so Thalia is just 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 beautiful it's just the best um the a surprisingly strong card in this deck which does not look amazing but is really amazing flicker wisp flicker wisps says i'm gonna just read it because this is something not as intuitive how good it is it's a three one for three with flying that is already fine you know three mana for a three power flyer yeah that that would be fine in a lot of formats it says when it enters the battlefield exile another target permanent Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. This means that you can, excuse me, flicker all kinds of things, and it's very hard to even describe how useful that that can be. But uh, 
excuse me, trust me that it's better than it looks. Trust me that if your opponent has it and uh, has targets for it, you really need to be frightened. They probably are holding it in their hand at any given time. Expect it every single time. <laughs> uh, well, going on with the hate bear theory, you have uh, Mirian Crusader, which has protection from two very popular colors. So, hey, can't touch them. You have Spirit of the Labyrinth, which says to your opponent, hey, you don't get to do all them blue card draw things that you'd like to do. It has Batter Skull, Sword of Fire and Ice, and the GTA. It has the entire Stormforge package. It is yep. just so amazing what you can do with no duels, no fetches, no nothing. It does have uh, three Caracases, which sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. It's It's a lot more than you ordinarily would need. But do remember that this tech is really cheap on the mana costs. So if you have an opening hand of, say, two Caracas, you can maybe still keep that. Because maybe all you need to do is put out an Aether Vial on turn one. And then, hopefully, they'll Wasteland your Caracas using up theirs. And you can play the second one and then just keep playing one-ones. Um, it is something that can act, it can work at a medium power level on a budget cost on mana cost and that can just keep your opponents off the most important cards in this deck probably are actually the wastelands and the rashad and ports because uh, mm-hmm. this is trying to keep your opponent from getting to the whatever their crucial turn is try to identify what your opponent's doing what their crucial turn is and keep them off of it uh, in the sideboard we have just more different hate for for more different threats. Uh, Containment Priest is a very notable one. Uh, Always pay attention to what your opponent is doing as far as um, uh, things that they are flickering, things they're getting back from their graveyard, or things they're putting in from their deck. Uh, Containment Priest will stop that from happening, by and large. Also, something really fun, uh, Containment Priest, which has Flash, and Flicker Wisp. Flicker Wisp flickers to your opponent's things. Containment Priest says, flickered things don't come back. So, when Flicker Wisp now is a 3-mana, three 3-power three flyer that says destroy target permanent forever. Oh gosh, that's a good synergy right there. It, it feels mm-hmm. just good down deep in my soul. Um, so, do just note, you've got hate, you've got stuff there. Uh, Council's Judgment, I want to point out, I, I think we talked about this before in a we specific did, yeah. card. But just, do not be afraid of the Will of the Council text on it. Just remember, vote for what you want, and they won't have any choice. Just... Don't worry about the voting. Remember that you have to do it and vote for the one you want. There's no politicking. There's no decision to be made. And <laughs> all that they can do at that point is destroy a second thing that they control if they want to. So if they've got something that they would want to die for some reason, um, be worried, I guess. But I really can't see them wanting something else exiled of that they control. So uh, don't worry too much about that, but just be aware of it. Uh, the... The good beatdowns here really are get out a weapon, get out a sword, get out a batter skull, and, you know, give it protections. Pull out a mother of runes and just say, hey, this thing gets through forever now, and there's other good stuff. Bye. Yep. Um, Yeah, last thing, uh, just, uh, you do have to watch out for Containment Priest with your own Aether Vials. It will turn those off effectively. Um, And the, the, the idea behind Thalia is that it's really, really good anyway, but it's especially good when your opponent has less mana. And that's kind of the that's kind of the, the whole thing of this deck is like more taxes on top of the mana denial. It's yeah. Okay. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa. I think we've been going too fast. Stop that timer. Stopping. We need we need to give thanks. Thanks. We <laughs> This episode is brought to you by our show sponsor, Ellis Norris Cosmetics and Day Spa. Do you have unsightly blemishes on your skin? 
scars on your skin? Do you have skin? Let Ellis Norn's Cosmetic and Day Spa take care of these unsightly problems for you. Now, some praters that we might talk about, like red ones, they want to just leave you alone to your own devices. Well, not here. Here, we care about you. We want to see you be the best you that you can be. And we've studied it with science. The best you that you can be has at least 47 swords inside of it. So we, we're going to take care of that because we've also found that most people out there have zero swords. And that's just – it breaks our hearts. It breaks all four of our hearts. And it's really a sad situation. We, we, we don't think about it. We just keep smiling and putting on more more facial facial cream. Some black freighters might want mindless slaves. They might be all up in zombies and stuff. We don't play that here. We want you to be here happy and willing, and if you come in of your own volition, without having to make us track you down, we promise to try to maybe keep most of your mind and soul intact during the process. Probably. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Don't worry. We want to help you. Just just let us help you. Let us help you. Get over here and we will help you. Let us help you. Contact your local Elishron Cosmetic and Day Spa representative for an in-home trial today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yeah, I'll be sure to uh, look into that. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Next uh, next deck. The- wait, wait, wait. Did, did did you start the timer again? Yeah. The timer is important. Is it going right the now? The timer is going right now. So I'm stealing your time? Yes. I have such power over you ah! right now. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. The next, the next deck is in, is in fact. Uh, this is... Uh, some people argue about whether this is an aggro deck or a combo deck. I think really you should think of it as both. Um uses the infect mechanic, which so creatures with infect, when they deal combat damage to a player, uh, they instead of dealing damage and lowering your life total, they give you poison counters. And then when you have 10 poison counters or more, you lose the game. So uh, then there are ways to pump up the power of those creatures so that they deal lots of damage all at once. And frequently what this deck is trying to do is win as, as quickly as the second turn by attacking with a very large infect creature and just dealing you 10 plus poison damage. Uh, so the poison creatures are Blighted Agent, which costs two and is unblockable, and Glistener Elf, which just costs one uh, and has no other abilities besides infect. Uh, Blighted Agent is blue, Glistener Elf is green. Those are the colors of the deck because those are the two best infected cre- creatures. Um, they also uh, run a noble... <coughs> Inkmon Nexus. Inkmon Nexus is it's technically a land, but it functions as a creature. Taps for colorless, but it but it can be it can turn into a uh, a one one flyer with uh, with infect. This is very powerful because it's harder to remove since it's a land most of the time. Um, and then flying is good, right? I mean, evasion is always is always helpful when you're trying to punch through. Um, there's also a noble hierarch because four copies of that because uh, exalted turns out to be really good on these things, and because uh, frequently this deck is trying to cast a whole bunch of spells on, on the second or third turn, um, in order to, uh, pump out that damage really quick. This, it, it is trying to go very fast. There, there, there's some control elements here. There's some force of will. There's some days, but really, I mean, this deck wants to end the game pretty quickly if it can. So, uh, mana ramp is helpful with that. Uh, the lands are mostly, aside from the Ikmok Nexus, it's mostly just, uh, Tropical Islands and Fetches. There's one basic forest, and there are two copies of Pendlehaven, which is a nifty legendary land that can give a 1-1 creature plus 1 plus 2. You have to target the creature when it's a 1-1, but then you can cast additional uh, pump spells on top of that, which 
uh, is super cool because it turns out all of your infect creatures start as one one. Um, then there's a few uh, cantrips. There's Gitexian probe and brainstorm, just kind of to make the uh, make the engine run. But then the the most the, the most powerful uh, pump spells we have available are uh, invigorate, which gives a creature plus four plus four, and you can have an opponent gain three life instead of paying the mana cost, which is great because we don't have... In fact, X doesn't care what your opponent's life total is at. You're dealing them poison counters anyway. It, it's totally irrelevant. This is basically just a free plus four plus four. Um, then there's a Become Immense, which has Delve and gets plus six, gives plus six plus six. This is frequently one mana, plus six plus six. And then there's Berserk, uh, which is one of the money cards in this deck, and it effectively doubles the creature's power. Um, for one mana. Then you destroy the creature at the end of combat, but that's okay. You don't care whether the creature is dead or alive because you killed them uh, with that one hit. So uh, you have, you know, uh, a, a turn might go something like you have a turn two Blighted Agent and then you cast Invigorate on it and then Berserk and you attack for 10 and it's unblockable and that's the game. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's not a whole lot of other interaction here because the deck isn't really interested in interacting. It's intera- it's interested in just killing you dead. Um, there's a little more interaction in the sideboard. There's a Caracas, just because Caracas. There's a Flusterstorm. There's a Wasteland. I'm not really sure why there's a Wasteland here. Uh, there's some removal in the form of Dismember and Maze of Ith, and there's a little bit of Graveyard Hate. Um, but this is really a very simple deck. You, you are, uh, you're not trying to do very much fancy here. Uh, you just want to stick one creature and you want to get that creature through. Um, and that's, uh, oh, I forgot. Berserk gives a trample too. So you're a Glistener Elf, uh, can, can, despite being just a, a lowly one, one, you can make it, you know, 14, 14 or whatever, and then just run over your opponent's blockers. Um, yeah. There's also Vines of Vastwood, which, uh, can protect your creatures from opponent's removal while also pumping them. Uh, and then Gitexian Probe also doubles as a means. It helps you get velocity go through your deck, but it also doubles as a means of letting you know your, you know whether your opponent has removal, so whether it's safe to cast all those sweet pump spells. Two things to add. One, for Pendlehaven, be sure to time your plays correctly that you use Pendlehaven and have before you use all your pump spells, because if you pump it first, you can't right. do it afterwards. And the other thing, right. I think I know what Wasteland's there for. I think it's for the lands matchup, because Glacial Cavern, mm, you need you need Cavern. to stop yeah. Glacial Cavern at instant speed. So I, I, I'm that's, pretty sure that's what it's there for. Um, that's very possible. Uh, but that's Otherwise, possible. the whole idea of the deck is, if you knew your opponent only started with 10 life, well, you can build a nice little aggro deck around that, and that's basically what Infect says. So, right. good times. Right. Okay. All right. Next. Next. Elves, because elves is wonderful. Elves is wonderful. Everyone, everyone should play elves. We just talked about it, so I'm really just going to talk for five minutes about how much I love elves. <laughs> Let me count the ways. Gaius, Gaius Cradle is just just the perfect magic card. It, it makes you work for it. It's not giving you easy things. This isn't show and tell. We're not just going to hand you a win because you happen to, to draw the card that your na- deck is named after. You can draw any elf here, and that's not going to win you the game on its own. you got to work for it. You have to earn it. And when you do earn it... Ah, the the blessings of Gaia and Titania just rain down upon you. I I, I think I can give the rest of my time up. <laughs> I will say this is this is the version we had talked about before um, with with three natural orders in this list. Right. Uh, it does have I think one of the real differences is it has some Lana War elves, just some one mana make a mana elves. Good turn one play to just 
have somebody who can make mana on his own on turn one. Basically, Deathrite Shaman's number five and six. Right. Not nearly as good as him for a lot of reasons, but they they do work, and they are in a lot of lists. Uh, the sideboard is a little bit unusual in, in that it has Mind Break Trap, but if Storm is going to be one-thirteenth of your metagame, uh, fine, that's, that's pretty good, because Storm is a pretty difficult matchup since they're faster than you and you don't have counterspells. I actually don't love Mind Break Trap against Storm, because a lot of the time... By the time you're trying to kill their storm spells, they're going to have cast duress on you anyway. But I guess maybe but, maybe you can manage to stop the ad nauseum that gets them to du- the, the duress. But, but what are you? What are you gonna? What else are you gonna do? I mean, you, stop you don't something. have a lot. You gotta, I mean, yeah, Thoughtseize, you're, you're already running Thoughtseize. Cabal therapy, yeah, you're, you're already running Cabal therapy. That's, you're, you're mono green. You've got discard, and you've got this. That's <laughs> something. Yeah, fair enough. I'm I'm going back to my happy place. Guy's cradle. Guy's cradle. Back to the happy place. I do want to point out yeah. that in the uh, wizards list here they have for some reason every card in the whole in the whole thing is in english except the progenitus in the main board of this is in french i did want to point out progenitus main i have never seen that is a little odd yeah uh there's only one crater hoof main and there's only one progenitus main which means that if you have crater hoof in your hand your natural orders are terrible and if you have progenitus in hand he's never going to get on the battlefield (laughs) and your natural orders are terrible so Having that in hand is worse than than a, having that and six other cards is worse than just having the six other cards. You'd rather have it in your library. Yeah. Uh, I guess hope that you get to discard it to something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it is interesting that they then have Elder Scale Worm in the sideboard. This does see some fringe play in elves. There's yeah. an ongoing debate over whether it's worth it or not um, because it does really stop aggro decks from stop hurting you. It's it's kind of nice in a lot of ways and forces them to to have an answer for it. I don't like it, but eh, it's fine. And it's it's a legitimate option that some people do. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving on. The next deck is Eldrazi. Ah, the new hotness. The, the new, new hotness. Hot, the new evil awfulness. Um, eh, it's, it's not so bad. It's it, I'm it's, just, it's it's pretty bad. I, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's a good deck. I mean, this this is uh, with the possible exception of miracles, this might be the best deck in Legacy right now. Um, maybe that's just because it's the new thing. Everybody, it's it's sexy. But um, this runs. Uh, I think I counted, and it is twenty four cards that are presently legal in Standard, which has got to be some kind of record. Um, <laughs> it's like actually. Like more to the point, I think it's like it's almost all of these are from Oath of the Gatewatch. It's it it's just it's an incredible pile of of and this is what it is. All of the creatures are Oath of the Gatewatch Eldrazi. Um, you if you play modern, you may remember if you haven't blocked it out of your memory. I've been trying uh, a few months ago before they they banned uh, Eye of Ugin in in modern like just the Eldrazi decks were everywhere. It was just what flavor of Eldrazi deck are you playing? Because there was no point in trying to play anything else. Uh, well, it turns out when something is good enough to be banned in modern, it's usually good enough to play in legacy. And, uh, yeah, so here they are. Uh, I is still alive and well in legacy along with Eldrazi temple, city of traders, ancient tomb. We have a lot of ways. This deck has a lot of ways of making two mana on the first turn, Four mana on the second turn, or with Eye of Ugin just making everything cost two less. Uh, if you're going to be playing those things, guess what is really good? Chalice of the Void. So that's a four of here. Um, another thing that I've seen in a lot of uh, main decks that's in the sideboard here is four copies of Thorn of Amethyst, uh, which is uh, it's basically it's Thalia not on a stick. 
uh, non-creature spells cost two, one more to play. It's just a two-mana artifact that does that. Um, this is fine because most of the spells you care about in this deck are creatures, and anyway, you're making piles and piles of mana because all of your lands tap for multiple mana. Um, and then you have uh, just all of these big, scary, beating, beat-down Eldrazi um, like Thought Not Seer, which also happens to steal cards out of your opponent's hand, so you can help control some of the combo decks that way. Um, and then just Reality Smasher and uh, Eldrazi Mimic, which have been ending games quickly in Standard and Modern for uh, the length of the time that they've been legal, and guess what? They're pretty good at doing that in, in Legacy, too. Um, there are also some Mishra's Factories in the uh, in the man- in the mana base because uh, it's it's a colorless mana source and it's 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 a man land. It's probably the best man land unless you need colors, I guess, or unless you care about tribal stuff. Uh, this is a tribal deck, but there really aren't any synergies where you care about specifically having Eldrazi, where Mutavault would be better. Uh, there's nothing that like gives all Eldrazi plus one plus one or anything. There's a bunch of stuff that makes your Eldrazi cheaper, but uh, Mistress Factory is better. Since we uh, we don't we don't really care about whether the land actually has any tribal characteristics, two copies of Umazawa's Jite, which is fantastic against every other creature deck, and again it's super cheap here. It's super easy to play and equip, and you're playing lots of creatures anyway. You swing in and you'll just about lock Delver and Elf decks out of the game by hitting once, which is pretty cool. Um, but maybe the most interesting card here is a uh, Warping Whale which is the sort of Eldrazi charm. Um, but it's two mana. I mean, it's a, a colorless and and a generic. You can play this on turn one again, and you can. it has one of its modes is counter-target sorcery spell, which hoses show and tell. It hoses natural order, um, reanimate, lots of things. Uh, and so this is a colorless deck that gets counter magic, which is totally, totally busted. But then the other mode is... Exile target creature with power or toughness one or less, which means that gets Deathrite Shaman, that gets Dark Confidant, that gets Young Pyromancer, tons and tons of other stuff that way. And so this this card either is countering big sorceries or, or it's getting rid of creatures, which is pretty much every deck in Legacy is either playing lots of creatures or is playing big sorceries. So this is... It, it this this just this card shouldn't be this good. They're, the colorless decks should not have this kind of flexibility. I'm, my my biases are creeping in here. I I like the Eldrazi are the great evil. I want to destroy them. Um, it it annoys me that they have this spell that is just legitimately really really strong. Um, it also can make a one one Eldrazi Scion creature token. I'm not. I, I'm sure that there are cases in which you want to play that, but I, I haven't really seen anybody do that with it. Um, yeah, that's Eldrazi. All right, uh, next we have Teamer Delver. Like a lot of Delver decks, this revolves around Delver Secrets, a 1-mana 3-2 flying in blue, because blue gets all the nice things. Uh, <laughs> it's always what kind of flavor Delver do you want, and I do like Teamer Delver. Uh, it gets a lot of good creatures out of green. It gets a lot of good removal, like enchantment uh, removal uh, out of green. Red is mostly there for Fork Bolt and mostly for Lightning Bolt. Yeah, um, best red card. Yep, best red card. Uh, it is, it's just really good. Uh, even when you're not running Snapcaster, which is, is not running Snapcaster, it's still just just really good. It's a great rate. It's great versatility. Um, the the sideboard uses a little bit more red um, with a Destructive Revelry, which is sort of just naturalized, but with a small bonus since you're already running red. It, it's nice. Um, 
probably one of the uh, the uh, the other best red card, Red <laughs> Elemental Blast, because yeah. because blue is really really good. Uh, it's there's nothing better than having somebody you know two for one themselves to force a will you, and then you use one mana to just say no, you don't no. Uh, I'm I'm gonna still two for one you, but but it's gonna be better for me anyway. Um, yeah. it, it it does also have rough and tumble as a way just to wipe the board. Um, so red is in there, but red is almost just a splash. Really, this is is it's beatdown, it's disruption, it, it's the uh, aggro control that we have talked about before, where you are attacking with the the, the th- Tarmogoyf, the green, the best green creature, Delver of Secrets, the best blue creature, and Nimble Mongoose because common cards from Eternal Masters are wonderful. Apparently, uh, I love that this card sees actual legacy play. Me too, and it has like since it was in standard, it just keeps showing up. Uh, it, it, it's it's a it's hard to deal with, and it's got a decent sized body. It's basically yep. in, in a deck like this, it's filling its own graveyard. Uh, it, it's basically a three three for one mana that your opponent can't target, so it's really hard for them to stop. And you can probably clear the board of any of their little blockers, or a 3-3 might be bigger than their thing, so like, cute Thalia mm-hmm. you got there, here's my 3-3, what are you going to do? Um, it's it's just it's just really strong. Cyborg gives you more more discarding options, sorry, more counterspelling options, and it's just a lot of, uh, of control. Your, your goal is to land a Delver of Secrets turn one, Flip it on turn two, maybe using a brainstorm to ensure that you can flip it on turn two, and then just have them on a clock with your three power hitting them in the face. Uh, backing that up with hits on the ground, backing them with another Delver, holding your uh, bolt if you can to just bolt them to the face at the end, mm-hmm. just because, oh, you're a three life lower than you thought you were. So instead of being a seven turn clock, it's now a six turn clock, or a five, or a four, or a three turn clock. You'll just, you'll find out later. I'll tell you later what, how many, well, how many life you're actually at. Um, <laughs> Now, I, we're taking a little longer than I want, so I, I'm actually going to... Is there anything else you want to hit on this one? Because if not, we'll go to the next deck. I think we, we do need to talk about Stifle, because oh, yes. Stifle is a crazy card. Thank you. Stifle is a wonderful card that looks not good at all. Uh, it counters target activated ability. Activated abilities include a lot of things, including fetch lands. Fetch lands are activated yep. abilities. So if on your turn, you play fetch land and pass, and on their turn, they play fetch land and crack it... Crack your fetch land in response, get an island, cast Stifle, kill their spell. You've just played a one-mana Stone Rain. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Plus, it has lots of other incidental things that you can do, such as a- equipping, an atta- uh, a- equipping an equipment, or Deathrite Shamaning for the mana that they need, or right. just a lot of different things that it can stop. It it, it, it also counters, it's not just activated abilities, but also triggered abilities, like, say, Emrakul's Annihilator thing. So you can buy yourself one more turn after somebody just show and tell out a an Emrakul. Um yeah, it's it's a really good card. I'm not sure it seems to only really play see play in this deck. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Uh it's I, I want to see it in more decks actually. I've been talking with somebody about how to uh make another deck out of it. Um my my new pet deck, even though it's blue and I hate blue, uh, thing in the ice, thing in the ice deck might run stifles. Just might run stifles. Probably should run. It stifle. might. It's a it's a it's it's an underplayed card. It doesn't have many homes. Um, th- there's a reason it's not played. I'm not saying that every deck should just jam stifles, but maybe every deck should jam stifles. I'm just I'm just I'm ju- I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just just putting it out there. Okay. Uh, Stifle I, elves. You heard it here first. T- well, well, well. <laughs> Troll so hard. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, re, re, restart moving the timer, on. though. All right, restarting the timer. Okay, the next deck on the list is called uh, Four Color Punishing Knight. 
Maverick is not present. This is kind of like a hybrid between Maverick and Lands, though. And really, truth be told, if this deck weren't way more expensive than Maverick, this might be what I'd be playing anyway, because I think it's probably a little bit better, uh, at least in the current metagame. Um, so it's it, it, it's got 26 lands, not quite the crazy 30-plus count that, uh, that lands has, but it has a lot of the same stuff. Um, and uh, so there's the Grove of the Burn Willows, there's, there's Punishing Fire to go with that, there's Maze of Ith, there's only one copy each of Dark Depths and Thespian Stage, but that's okay because we have Knight of the Reliquary, and as we saw with Maverick, you can tutor those up. Uh, there are four copies of Wastelands, uh, and then the rest is mostly uh, duels and fetches. Um, the uh, Badlands makes a, a, a rare appearance here. Uh, I, I, almost nobody plays Badlands in Legacy, but here it is. Um, then there are only a handful of creatures. There's four each of Knight of the Reliquary and Dark Confidant, uh, because those are really, really good creatures in these, in these colors. Um, and then Gaddock Teague to stop combo, um, a Dryad Arbor because green, this is a green sun Zenith deck as we talked about. Uh, and then, uh, scavenging ooze just to kind of round things out. This also runs three Lilian of the Veil, which is, uh, that's maybe the one thing that's not either in Maverick or in Lands, but that's she's a great value engine. Um, what this deck really wants to do is to sort of it plays a similar game to Lands, where you want to just get value by recurring lands from your graveyard um, with life from the loam, which is also here, um, and then eventually assemble the kill killing blow with Dark Depths and Thespian Stage. Uh, you just want to kind of gradually get value. Uh, while you're building up to that point. It just it's a, just a different way of doing it. Lands does it with just just purely with lands. The advantage of that being that you have almost no spells for your opponent to cap, to counter. So a lot of your opponents like thought sees and force of will end up not doing very much because your best cards are sort of immune to those. Um but then you are sort of you're locked into one um card type for the most part. This way you get a little more flexibility with some creatures. Um which I think is really cool, but you end up with a lot of the same power from the uh, from the land. So again, there's the uh, the Mox Diamond here, which lets you get um, lets you ramp a little bit, and then this is playing Chalice of the Void. Uh, so there are almost no one drops. Uh, actually, there are no one drops, at least in the main board, um, and you get to, you get to do the so you get to play the Chalice of the Void plan, which is very very good and at controlling combo decks. And then you have uh, Punishing Fire to deal with creatures. And you also just get to play Knight of the Reliquary and block with like a 7-7 because Knight of the Reliquary is going to be gigantic in this deck. Um, another thing we didn't... There are a couple of the... Uh, we didn't get to in the lands deck. There are a couple of the la- of lands with Cycling, which is a really cool uh, interaction with Life from the Loam because if you cycle a card, you get to draw a card. Well, you, that means that you can dredge back Life from the Loam and then you can use Life from the Loam to again get back the cycling land. And so you can do this repeatedly and um, this helps you dig through your deck to find to put more lands in your graveyard to make your knights bigger or to find combo pieces like Dark Depths and Thespian Stage um, to find sort of silver bullet lands like Caracas or Maze of Ith. It's just a, it's a, just a really cool interaction that you can do. And if you really like grindy, grindy mechanics, um, this may be your deck. What's missing from a Maverick list is a lot of the white cards. So there's no Stoneforge Mystic. There's There are two Thalia in the sideboard, but none in the main board. There's obviously no Mother of Runes, 
because we don't really have enough creatures to make that worthwhile, and we're also running Chalice of the Void. Um, but there are a few more creatures in the in the sideboard, like Containment Priest and Phyrexian Revoker, that that uh, sort of hate out specific specific uh, strategies. There's a there's a choke and leyline of the void again hating on blue decks hating on opposing graveyards you can't run something like um, rest in peace here since we care about the graveyard a lot um, there are a couple of thoughtseize which is kind of an interesting decision since you do have the uh, chalice of the void but I suspect this is a little bit soft to combo like fast combo like storm uh, and you just need a couple of additional ways to interact on the first turn um, since. Even with, you're not always going to have that Mox Diamond, Chalice of the Void, turn one lock on them. Uh, you need a couple ways to uh, get going before. Okay, they just next we have Grixis Pyromancer, which is not a real deck as they show it here, but it's uh, a mix of a few decks and a deck that could be. I'm really excited to see how well it does. Well, it's got <laughs> two thing in the ice in it, and which it does, and it's also got a Kolagons command, which is not unplayable at all but we'll just say i don't i'm not sure this list has ever seen the light of day in paper uh but i'm i'm excited yeah. about it still it, it seems a little bit at odds um with with uh you know i had talked about how i thought a red blue thing in the ice young pyromancer delver of secrets deck could do really well and and maybe it still can but i've actually read articles t- people talking about how that kind of a uh, young pyromancer delver type deck is is more more tempo and aggro and and thing in the ice really goes for a more mid rangey mm-hmm. thing. Well, this doesn't have delver, so it's it's kind of giving up that whole turn one aggro, and it's bringing in black for uh, some control aspects, attack, um, uh, cabal therapy notably. Uh, so maybe that has moved it more enough towards mid range to where thing in the ice is useful. Um, I'm. I think this is it, trying to it, be a control deck. I mean, it doesn't. I'm going to so, call it mid range, but mid rangey disruption. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's really interesting because Young Pyromancer can take over some games and just flood the board with guys when you're going brainstorm, brainstorm, counterspell, force of will, brainstorm. That was a lot of brainstorms, but you get you get. You, <laughs> I you played get, five brainstorms, um, especially knowing that you can do it at instant speed. So if they try to say dismember your thing in the ice, well, maybe you can just brainstorm, brainstorm twice and flip it. Um, when it flips, it bounces mm-hmm. almost everything. Uh, notably, it does not bounce itself, yeah. and it does not bounce the other thing in the ice. So th- they don't mess with each other. It would bounce your Snapcaster Mage. Oh, I have to have Snapcaster Mage back in my hand to snap more spells back? Darn. Oh, darn. Uh, oh, you bounce my Vendillion <laughs> click back to my hand? Oh, shoot. Uh, the list I've seen is actually, uh, I'm very excited about, has has black blue um, because of emphasizing the mm-hmm. enter the battlefield triggers like that. I, I'm really curious what this will end up doing. It also has painful truths, which... I've seen that. Yeah. Like, this has this has a lot of good stuff and a lot of questionably legitimately good stuff and good cards in standard that haven't really made a legacy mark well i i've seen painful truths played in eternal and i can see why it would be right and it is sorcery speed i uh, i i'm not saying that they shouldn't make a mark in, in legacy i'm just saying that they haven't really yeah be ready for us to have to like eat our words and this to be the best one in the whole grouping but it, it's new 
and it's just a little worrisome. Uh, it does have a really interesting meta choice. Um, you know, we, we don't think they really wanted these decks to all hate each other too, too much, but it does have Dread of Night, which says yeah. white, white creatures get minus one, minus one. <laughs> hey, nice nice entire death and taxes list you have there. This is, this is a nightmare, nightmare sideboard card against that deck. Jeez. It, it would be a shame if none of your creatures could survive <laughs> breathing. That would be right. a shame. Yeah, uh, it, it it does still just have this whole kind of controlly mid range mid range slash control sideboard options, just kind of against whatever your opponent is doing. You know, you got you got that, you got Blood Moon, you got counter spells, you've got direct damage, you've got kill spells, you've got just a whole, a pile of good stuff for vaguely mid rangey control. I, I expect a lot of games to be won off of Vendillion Click smashing through the air. Mm-hmm. I expect a lot of games to be won off of Thing in the Ice. Flip it, bounce your board, and swing. Other thing in the ice, flip it, bounce your board, swing with both. I think those are probably going to be the two most common. Um, young Pyromancer is a four of. You're going to have a lot of games where you're Young Pyromancering out of board. And that can definitely win. That's been a deck off and on for a long time. Doesn't really work well with Thing in the Ice, but gives, yeah. you, chump, gives you chump blockers. Makes you not feel bad about slamming them into a brick wall. I... I it's not terrible. I mean, if your opening hand is two young pyromancers, ignore thing in the ice that's not in your hand and just play a young pyromancer deck. So you should be fine either way, I suppose. Um, uh, oh, Cabal Therapy. Cabal Therapy is wonderful with young pyromancer. Oh, Ca- cast it. You get a token. Sacrifice that token to cast it again, and you get another token. Basically, yep. it, it makes the flashback free, so you're always going to hit at least something. So it's it's really good together. Also, good taxi and probe and cabal therapy is, as we've said, obviously really really good. So you could very mm-hmm. easily just destroy somebody's entire hand off of just a uh, probe and a therapy, uh, and and now have incidentally created a whole bunch of little tokens. Yep, I, that's pyromancer for you. A pyromancer. I pass it off to you. Restart your timer. All right, it's uh, it, just in time. Faster, faster. Faster, faster. Okay. Uh, last deck. We're at the last one. Uh, this is uh, Painter Combo. Um, this deck is also a little weird. Uh, paint, painter Stone, it goes by a bunch of different names, uh, is definitely a deck that has it's sort of been Tier 2 in Legacy uh, for a long time. Um, but usually the deck is mono-red or even red-white. This, is, this version is red-blue, which I don't think I've seen before. Um, maybe this is good maybe i don't know i don't know anyway the the combo at the at the heart of it is between uh painter servant uh which is a little artifact dude costs two mana and when he enters the battlefield you choose as he enters the battlefield you choose a color and then all cards everything all permanents all cards in all zones are that color there's a really weird crazy ability uh that happens to combo with grindstone which is this dumb little artifact uh, cost one has a three mana activated ability that says target player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard and if both cards share a color repeat this process so painter's servant says everything in your library and your hand and exile and everything everything is whatever color you picked so even the lands will share a color with all of your other cards so this activated ability in conjunction with painter's servant just mills your opponent out as long as you don't have like an Emrakul or something in there, uh, you just milled out their whole deck. You win. Good job. Um, and these are artifacts. So this 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 uh, this doesn't require uh, an awful lot of different 
colors, but uh, what what usually the uh, card that goes with these two is Goblin Welder. It's a one drop who has an activated ability that basically you switch uh, an artifact on the battlefield and an artifact card in a graveyard uh, controlled by the same uh, owned by the same person, and you just you switch them. Um, so this gives you some nifty ways of recurring stuff. After they blow up your Painter Servant, you can get it back. After they blow up your Grindstone, you can get it back. Um, you have a couple of artifacts that uh, go into your graveyard fairly easily, like Lion's Eye Diamond and uh, Tormod's Crypt, which I guess is this deck's... I don't think that's ever a main deck card, but I guess that's the way that this deck gets rid of uh, Emrakul's in yep. case the other, the other person happens to be playing... Uh, show and tell. I mean, I, which I think you'd, you'd have to have something like that in your in your uh, your sideboard. But I think this deck is running it in the main board probably because of this weird little format that is going on here. There are also some artifact lands which you can switch back and forth. Uh, so if you don't need uh, your lands anymore, you can just turn them into directly into permanents, not even into spells to cast, but just you just put it back on the battlefield, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but one of the cool interactions with Painter's Servant is that so usually what you do is when it comes in the battlefield you name blue, uh, because you are usually running a a huge pile of red elemental blasts and pyroblasts, and so now everything is blue, and red blast just says destroy target permanent or counter target spell, for one mana, which is. Not as good as winning the game with Grindstone, but it is uh, pretty close. It's it's uh, pretty good. Um, and so, uh, again, this list is a little odd. Most lists that I've seen, I, I think, usually run somewhere between six or seven main deck red blasts and uh, maybe go up to eight in the, in the sideboard. Um, and I suspect they didn't do that here just because of how swingy that would be. Um, you know, you'd play against Death and Taxes, and you'd have these, you'd have like seven cards that are dead unless Painter Servant is on the battlefield. Like, they literally do nothing. And then you'd have, you'd play against something like that, uh, you know, that, that Grixis Pyromancer deck where like 50% of the spells are, are blue. And it's just a blowout because you're just countering all their spells for one mana, destroying their permanence for one mana. Uh, and they wanted to make these a little more even. So the blue splash here is sort of interesting because. You, there's not a whole lot of blue here. It's just brainstorm, force of will, and intuition, and I guess there are some ponders too. It's below, I think, usually what the the count would be of blue cards in order for you to reliably have a blue card to pitch to force of will. But that's fine because you're playing painter servant, and you're going to name blue anyway for your red blasts. So now you can pitch your lands to force of will. Um, so uh, I'm again, I've. Maybe this is just me, and I haven't seen a Painter's Servant deck built like this, but I think this is rather a novel build, actually, which is most of these decks are uh, pretty established archetypes, but this one is kind of out there a little bit. It's a slight variation on a fringe deck, so I mean, it hasn't seen a whole lot of top-tier play lately, so they had to kind of do something. They said they were trying to make each of these kind of an average representation of the, the type. And thing in the ice is obviously an average two ofs in in everything. In everything it should be so. Yeah, I, I do want to point out, uh, and this is something that it's on, it's on the link, but uh, uh, intuition. Yeah. Um, two, two things with that. One, you can pick three of the same card. Yeah. And that way you're sure to get the card you want. So it's kind of just a three mana tutor for any card you want. Uh, and also you can, same as with the other tutor, um, 
you can crack Lion's Eye Diamond with Intuition on the stack. Mm -hmm. So that way you get the three mana, discard whatever else in your hand, but then do the Intuition so you get something in your hand to play with that mana. Right. And we don't usually talk about stuff like this because usually I don't care, but since this is all online and this is really weird, if you want to do that... If you want to hold priority after casting a spell while it is still on the stack, yeah. apparently you have to hold down control. the control key as you click to do it. Uh, don't take our word for it. I don't know. Go talk to it's your nice. Magic Online guru because that's... Yeah, but that's we, really important, actually, because... Yeah, right. if really pass, important. If you pass priority and your opponent but, then passes priority, well, your spell just resolves and nothing And then happens. you have the thing in your... Well, and then you'd have the thing well, in your hand... Right. Right. And you'd have to discard it to your lines. I, I, I was thinking of the uh, the uh, Infernal Tutor, oh, which would resolve that. and maybe actually literally do nothing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it's it's important that you don't fizzle your own combo because of the interface. All right. Yes. We have gone on for too long. Let's wrap this up. Uh, just as a... Oh, um, uh, band card of the day. Go. Band card of the day. Band card of the day is uh, in honor of B, the reprint in Eternal Masters is Balance. This is a sorcery for a white and a colorless. And... It just blows everything up. Um, it, <laughs> oh, but it's, it's it's so fair though, Drew. It's so fair for everybody. Oh, it's, it's it's balanced, fair and balanced, right? Yeah. Um, each each player chooses a number of lands he or she controls equal to the number of lands controlled by the few the player who controls the fewest. Then sacrifices the last the rest. Players then discard cards and sacrifice creatures the same way. So it's just like, oh, you got a head. Well, now we're even. I spent two mana to do that. It's it's just always like a four for one. It's it's ridiculous. Well, and that's it, if you throw it in a random deck. If you throw it in a deck that say yes. doesn't have any creatures, or that sacrifices all of its lands for some kind of effect, right. or that discards the cards of its hands to say Lion's Eye Diamond. Right. <sighs> it can be yes, so. Yes. Cast balance. Activate Lion's Eye Diamond. Derp a derp a derp a derp a derp. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, sac- you sacri- just pitched your hand. Yeah. Sacrifice all your lands to something or other, and then cast this as a two mana Armageddon, or two mana Wrath of God, or all of right. them at the same time. Exactly. Right. And and how are you winning the game after this? I don't know, but I'm just so miserable right now that I don't even care. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm interested. It's, they're reprinting this in Mythic, so that's good. But I am curious to see how many tears are shed at draft events that they, with Eternal Masters as a result of this card. They, they printed a version of this card that can't be cast, but it can be suspended, same as the uh, you know, fake as Ancestral it, Recall. And right. that even sees like tier three legacy play i mean it, yeah, it's, it's a stupid it's just a broken effect yeah all right well i i think i think we're gonna wrap it up for today uh just yeah. remember you can now find us on www.legacyweb.com you can find us on cardconfidence.com you can find us on mtgcast.com you can find us on stitcher you can find us on itunes we're all over the place mm. all right well you can reach me at jamie seven keller on twitter and at gmail and, and at you can, Jamie7Keller at LegacyWeapon.com. I'm really excited about having a website. I'm really loving this. It is. Yes. yes. The more times we say LegacyWeapon.com, um, an angel gets its wings or I don't know. Elish Norn kills a puppy. I don't Something like that. Um, yeah, I'm MTG Walton at gmail.com. And same thing at Legacy Weapon? Yes. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're, it's new. It's exciting. It's confusing. All right. Well, until next time, remember... Preparation is the best legacy weapon. Thanks. Thanks. We're under your bed. We're in your closet. 
that that's that I was going to say we're overexposed and make it creepy that way, but you went a whole different creepy direction there. We're playing magic inside your closet. And we're overexposed. Oh gosh. This, this <laughs> oh <is> getting, boy. <laughs> we we need to end this quick or we're going to lose our, you know, non-explicit rating.